one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. This time, floating in his tank, I had another experience where I popped out of body, saw myself in the float tank, went into the back, his backyard, and saw in detail his backyard. You know, could see the, the track around the perimeter of the yard where his dog ran around. I came back inside um, and saw his kid's room, and there was, you know. You'd seen his backyard before you went into the float tank? I had not. You had not. So you essentially left your body and saw something that you confirmed was there, this track where his dog had ran, but it was the first time you were seeing it from the float tank? Yes. All of us listening to this podcast are well aware of the importance of sleep. Sleep is when we burn more fat. We make metabolic changes that help to maintain a healthy weight set point and insulin sensitivity. It's when we produce energy that allows us to go all day long and have that high level of focused productivity and flow state to get more done and condense time and achieve our goals faster. And it's also when we clear toxins from our brain, the same toxins that have been shown to cause neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia. Our environment has changed a lot over these past few years. We're spending more time on screens than ever before. And the artificial light from our desktop computers, our laptop computers, and our cell phones has been shown in scientific studies to drive down melatonin production. Now, why is that bad? Well, melatonin is your body's sleep hormone. And when melatonin hormone levels drop, your body is unable to clear those toxins from your brain. And it's also not able to go into those deep states of REM and deep sleep where we're clearing those toxins and we're restoring the body and mind. And one of my favorite biohacks to overcome that, because let's be honest, a lot of us need to be on our devices for our work or for maintaining social relationships is blue light blocking glasses, but not just any blue light blocking glasses, because I've tried close to a dozen over the past few years and many of them just look goofy. Blue Blocks has come out with stylish blue light blocking glasses that are laboratory produced with high quality glass lenses. And they've been proven to block blue and green light, the same frequencies that drive down melatonin in the 400 to 550 nanometer range so that you get better quality sleep, your hormones are imbalanced, working the way that they are supposed to, and you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. It's one of my favorite biohacks for optimizing my sleep. And <laughs> I've noticed that it's the only only pair that I've actually stuck with wearing. I ended up getting all three pairs. I start the day with the clear ones. I transition to the yellow ones later in the day and around sunset, I put on the red Sleep Plus Maverick ones and they've made a big shift in optimizing my sleep and my quality of life and I know they'll do the same for you. If you guys wanna check it out, go to www.blueblocks.com forward slash biohacks. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S and enter discount code BIOHACKED. That's B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-D to save some dough. 
Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. What is up, guys? In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show, I sit down with Sean McCormick, who is the man behind the Optimal Performance Podcast put on by Natural Stacks. And we talk about flotation therapy, unconventional biohacks for activating non-ordinary states of consciousness, some of the most effective ways for helping your body make the shift from sympathetic dominance, also known as fight or flight, to parasympathetic, where also known as rest and digest, and in parasympathetic, that's where important things like detoxification, digestion, even circulatory health and blood flow occur. There's a reason that so many guys today are dealing with erectile dysfunction. There's a reason that so many people have digestive issues. There's a reason that so many people are experiencing toxic overload and heavy metal accumulation. And some of these things that we're seeing more and more frequently, it's because we're spending way too much time in fight or flight. And if you don't have some of these strategies, for helping your body make that shift, and this goes far beyond meditation, you're going to find yourself in a situation where over time you're going to be accumulating toxins, you're not going to be digesting, assimilating, and absorbing your nutrients properly, and you may be dealing with some circulatory issues, not the least of which may be, if you're a man, erectile dysfunction. But those things also manifest themselves in females with decreased arousal, lubrication, blood flow there. So regardless of your gender, this is an important episode. We do get into some plant medicines and psychedelic substances. That does not mean that these strategies will not work in their absence. We cover a lot of stuff and much of it has nothing to do with any substances. Like is always the case, we are not recommending you do anything illegal. Please always do your research and make these decisions for yourself. Our job is just to present some tools and tell stories and share things that are for information purposes only. Nothing here is intended to diagnose, treat, or cure a disease. Before beginning this or any other health-related practice, consult your physician, do your own research, and make a decision that feels safe and right for you and your loved ones. So without further ado, Please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show on flotation therapy and unconventional biohacks for activating non-ordinary states of consciousness and managing stress. Enjoy. Sean McCormick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked for it. I'm stoked as well, man. So take us back about a decade ago. Where was your life at? What were some of the, the, the challenges and struggles you were, you were working through? I was living the in a the van down <laughs> <by> the river. <laughs> river. Sounds like you've been using those papers not for writing, but for rolling doobies. Sorry, had to. <laughs> Actually, it was near a river. My first experience. Uh, 
I, I was mid twenties living a life that I thought I was supposed to paying off my student debts. Um, I was selling advertising for a radio station, sitting in a desk, getting fat and, uh, tired, drinking too much and making a ton of money, not a ton of money, um, making a lot of money for mid twenties and doing what I thought I was supposed to do which was get a desk job, follow the rules, work hard, save your money, go to happy hours, go to sports games and shut the fuck up. And I was doing a pretty good job at it. I, I was, I was fairly, uh, I was a good salesperson. I was enthusiastic. Working at a radio station is pretty fun because you get tickets to shows and, you know, like I've seen tool four times and Metallica four times. And, Dude. uh, I mean, oh, great. Uh, dope, really cool experiences. Uh, I worked at a rock station for four or five years. And then um, I got to a point where I was probably 30 or 40 pounds overweight and fat and tired and pale. Wasn't really working out and got into some problems with my my then longtime girlfriend, my, my, she's my wife now, but we had been together. We've been together since we were 15. And so she had been with me through high school, through college, and we stuck it out and we continued to stay together. And it wasn't until I was about 25, um, 26, where it really kind of caught up with me and the sort of cookie cutter life of, of a cubicle jockey, um, was not jiving with me or her and we had conversations like she's like your drinking is the problem like it's annoying you're you're inconsistent you're lazy uh i love you and we need to work through some of this stuff and then i went to uh, a very small festival music festival bluegrass sort of jam band festival in this little it's called the methow valley here in Western Washington and went to this like 400 person music festival and had my first experience with LSD and everything changed after that. I, what yeah. was that experience like? I, I went in being interested. I, I've always been interested in consciousness. I've been, my folks taught me transcendental meditation when I was 12 years old. Whoa. Yeah. And it's just, it was out of necessity. They they learned in college and they taught me TM when I was a, when I was a little guy, cause I couldn't sit still. I couldn't focus on anything. Um, you know, as a, an athlete and a busy body. Um, and I just, I think I just annoyed the piss out of them. And so they're like, we got to think of something because this will keep him busy for 20 minutes twice a day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's precisely it. And, and they, the, to their, to their credit, and I am I am eternally grateful for this. They didn't put me on any ADD or ADHD medication. They didn't put me on any sort of um, SSRIs. And uh, my dad is a behavior analyst. He's a behaviorist, like classic Skinner, um, um, you know, conditioning. And so I lived in a house it's where like it was cognitive behavioral therapy. Type stuff. This is this. Um, yes, to a certain extent, it is. It's 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 reinforcing um, 
positive behaviors and formatting behaviors with positive reinforcement and um, and with and using negative reinforcement for negative behaviors, like really classic, you know, if the rat clicks on the thing, they get a cookie and then they click on it again and they get another. And so now they're just clicking the thing. You know, there's like the cocaine study with, with mice, which is, which is sort of similar. Like if, if you, um, um, if you do something that you're supposed to do, you get rewarded. So my dad was hesitant to put me on, on ADHD or ADD medication which I'm thankful for. So they taught me meditation. So I had this experience. I had this, this, this reference point for my own meditative practice, for my own consciousness, um, starting through 12 up into my mid twenties. And so going into this, this festival where I was looking forward to the opportunity to try psychedelics and like the most ideal possible environment set and setting could not be better than bluegrass and uh hippies um on a river with everybody on the same page that that there's people wowing out here in the woods and let's make it great for them you know these 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 wonderful group of people put together this call it's called the big 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 bottom fest and because it was being held in the Big Bottom Valley in uh, on the Methow River, and so my first experience with psychedelics was a pretty large dose of really clean, really well made LSD. And it's a, it's a large dose, you know, I don't it, whatever you know. It was it was. <laughs> Whatever they it was threw in your gullet. <laughs> yeah. That's whatever, whatever landed on my tongue. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was, I, it was, I was, it was so, it was so trusting in this environment. You know, these people had been friends. They're a bunch of fish heads and dead heads. Um, they live for this stuff. And it was, I was, I was really trusting because I could be. And so me and like five of my buddies, um, all dropped in at the same time, you know, mid afternoon. And, uh, you know, I asked like, how much is this? And she's like, it doesn't matter how much it is. It's going to be fine. I was like, okay, okay. And then we all dropped in together and it changed, it changed my perception. It changed my perception of reality, changed my perception of myself. You know, at one point I'm laying down in the forest, looking up from the, from the, ground at this double helix that someone hung up 30 feet in a tree in which the diameter was 10 feet across that had that was glowing with black lights as it's spinning around i mean like they put a lot of thought into this because they knew that that this is this is this is what they live for this is their this is their opportunity to wow out get weird and and really have big experiences. So, you know, um, I skinny dipped in the river in the middle of the night. Um, I drummed till the sun came up till my hands bled on a gym bay around a fire with a bunch of other, like really strange, like, like within the hippie spectrum. And again, I'm, I'm from Seattle and grew up in the Northwest running around in the woods, bare feet. Like there's a spectrum of hippies, right. And there is such thing as sort of like a redneck hippie, you know, like light beer chugging, mushroom eating, um, roughneck, tough dudes that do acid every weekend. And I was this, you know, suburban desk dwelling 
sales guy um, with some experience in in altered states of consciousness through my meditation practice. But I, I mean, I, I me and this me and this dude, his name is no shit. His name was Bubba. Me and Bubba jammed on a djembe drum for like three and a half hours. Uh, I mean, there's, there was acrobats, there was, um, there was people walking around, um, facilitating this experience. And I had this pivotal moment. Was this part of a drum circle or were you and Bubba like doing your own thing? No, it was part of a drum circle. There was a, there was a giant, like 20 person drum circle around, around the fire. And it went all night long and into the morning and then into the next day and then into the evening time. Um, but Bub- me and Bubba was sitting next to me and he's like, oh, I like you, man. You're, you're fucking weird. And I'm like, I'm fucking weird. You're fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> the weird guy's called me weird. Oh yeah. man. What have I got myself into? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's in his Carhartt overalls and you know, his eyes are gigantic. And you know, as I'm looking over at him, he looks like a giant. I mean, he looks like the Anunnaki. I'm sitting there tripping balls, looking up at this, at Bubba. And what's, he's what's just, the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki is like the, um, the, uh, the, the architects of the universe that come from the, oh. okay. night. Yeah. Like right. one of the, the create alien species that's like exactly are these exactly. the ones that kind of look like vikings yes big long beards sometimes okay. with fish heads yeah sometimes depicted with like eagle heads you know okay. that crossed alien genetics with chimpanzees to make us i was i, I was getting schooled on this at, uh in costa rica at rhythmia the, the various forms of aliens that i had no idea about my brother yeah. was like okay sit down i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you the lowdown because yeah. apparently a lot of people that go into altered states of consciousness see a lot of the same shit where if, if, if you do have encounters with other beings it's like you're you're dealing with serpents or dragons or like a mantis or like little gnomes um, or, you know, like minions that are like doing surgery on you or the gray aliens or the Anunnaki. And it's, it's interesting to me. Like I haven't, I haven't seen any of that myself. Um, I've also only done four ceremonies that one week, but it's interesting to me that a lot of people see the same things. I believe it's encoded in our DNA. Those the that knowledge is is, is part of us. We can't avoid it. We can't get away from it. Um, the Hathors, the Blue Avions, the Syrians, the Anunnaki, you know, Terence McKenna's um, self changing machine elves on a DMT trip. I mean, they're they're these archetypes we cannot get away from they're they're a part of they're a part of our reality and i believe that 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 experience with these with those entities with those gods and goddesses uh, and the pantheon of 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 higher beings it's it's a part of us and altered states of consciousness like lsd breathwork ayahuasca uh going back to like uh the illusion uh, mystery schools um back in the roman times where they would take they would take high doses of, of 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 psychedelics and get into this altered state as part of initiation process like it's 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 a part of us the and romans took psychedelics yeah the greeks and the romans they they the the, the, Elu, the eleusinian mysteries the eleusis um e l y uh, S I can't spell it. They would use the term 
and, and I'm so saying this strictly from from Gladiator, but they would use the term Elysium to represent like heaven, where where you die after. Is is there any relation here, or, or I don't different things? I think we might be talking about different things. The the Eleusinian mysteries was part of um, the, the, the place was called Eleusis, and they would go and they would trip out, get into altered states of consciousness, and go through mystery school initiation processes to learn the secrets of the universe. Do you, you know, know what they would take? What specific substances? So they would take soma, and there are there are lots of different ideas about what soma was. Um, some people um, think that it was like the Amanita muscarium mushroom, you know, the red and white dotted sort of Mario Brothers and Alice in Wonderland mushroom that the shamans in Mongolia took. Some people think that it, uh, that it was like the acacia bush where they were smoking large amounts to get the sort of DMT. Um, there's some speculation about what that was, um, but it was definitely a psychedelic. And the point of it was to unlock information that we all can access through ceremony, through sacrament, um, through drumming, through dance, through breath work, through floating, through meditation. And, and so these altered states of consciousness that, that I think I'm obviously a huge advocate for in the work that I do with people and also to, for the work that I do with myself, unlock doors, um, change your perception, upgrade your vibration. Uh, and that's what I was looking for. That's what I, that's what I was looking forward to as I'm drumming, drumming next to Bubba, you know, hour number three, like I was, I was in an ecstatic state. And from that, from that evening forward, as I was sort of coming down the next day, drinking water and thinking about my experience, I knew that I could not I, I, that from that day forth, if I needed to stay in that job, I was going to be faking it as, as for a means to an end. Like I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to drink the corporate Kool-Aid. I was unwilling to anymore. I wasn't going to, um, give up my time and fully buy into the, the structure that was provided for me. Um, from that day forth, I was changed, um, which sent me on a whole other path. There's, there's a part of many of us that fears the use of psychedelic substances or things that can induce altered states of consciousness because like, change is kind of scary. And I know when I was going into the, my, my first and only ayahuasca experience, I talked to Thomas DeLauer leading up to it. And he does a lot with six pack shortcuts. And, and he was, I don't think he's ever done any of that stuff, at least not to my knowledge, but he's like, I'd be careful, man. I don't know if you remember Mark Chang from back in the day who used to do all those six pack shortcut videos, the, the like I do. Jack yeah. guy, but he's like, Mark Chang did ayahuasca and was like, never seen again. He just showed up afterwards and was, I mean, he was seen again, but he basically was like, yeah, I'm done with this stuff. I'm done hmm. making workout videos. It was like he, he had a similar switch flipped in him after he went deep and, and, and really got aligned with, you know, aligned his conscious mind and his subconscious mind and got clear about where he wanted his life to go. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, 
you guys, you know, you can find somebody else or whatever, but I'm out, you know, and Thomas DeLauer was one of those people, but I think there's a part of all of us. I was like, what if I go into this and have that same thing? What if I'm like, I'm done with this stuff. You know, you, you don't really know until, you know, fortunately that didn't happen, but, um, it sounds like you had a lot of, a, a, a lot of things pointing to you not being happy with where you were at. And maybe the booze was allowing you to ignore that, but then causing problems of its own with, you know, with your relationship and, and your levels of motivation. And this just kind of blew the lid off. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. It, it, what this work does, this inner exploration that doesn't need to be attached to psychedelics, although they're very useful. They're a shortcut. They're a, they're a hack. They're a consciousness hack the same way that flotation therapy is and, you know, breath work and dance in my consciousness. And I was ready to move into the next phase of my life. Hey, Sean, just one sec. For some reason, it froze when you were given the list of, of things that are tools for yeah. altered states of conscious consciousness. Right when you got to dance, it froze for, for a few seconds. And um, just so that James, when he's editing it, can, can go back and just kind of pair it together. Let's pick up where you were like... Um, you know, the same way that, and you kind of listed some things um, yeah. and kind of continue so that the, the, the listeners get the full, uh, get everything that you're saying. So it doesn't, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. it Go doesn't, ahead. it doesn't have to be psychedelics. You know, it can be meditation. It can be breath work. It can be flotation therapy. It can be ecstatic dance. You know, it does, you don't have to you don't have to ingest a psychedelic to reach an altered state of consciousness. But I believe very strongly that altered states of consciousness, which are as old as humanity itself. I mean, even pumas eat fermented papayas and trip out and lay around. It's a part of who we are. We are almost like the big cat. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a video of a puma eating um, like a fermented guava or, or, or maybe it's a mushroom, but, but it knew what it was doing. And then it just like, wow, is like wowing out wow, in the, in the, in the jungle. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, and elephants do too. You know, we seek these altered states of consciousness to expand ourselves to expand our, our, our conception of reality. And it's as old, it's as old as, as humanity itself. And yeah, for me, I was in a time in my life where I was like, is this it? I've been, I mean, is this really it? Is this what I'm doing now is like uh, making sure to max out my Roth IRA and meet my sales budgets every year and, and, and be a good diligent worker to this mega communications corporation. I knew that it wasn't quite right. And I was looking for an opportunity to change it. And, you know, I didn't really talk much about that, the experience that I had, um, other than drumming with Bubba, but, um, I, I understood more clearly that day that I was not my body. I was my consciousness. I was a non-physical entity in a body because I had moments where I 
lost track of time. You know, I had visions of, of entities in the woods, kind of in the trees. You know, I felt the, I felt the energy of the river as I jumped into it, you know, buck naked at 4am. Um, and since then, since, since that time I have done countless other things It led me into opening float centers. You know, I've, I've, I've done, you know, 20, between 20 and 25 ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, I've done other psychedelics in, in, in a way to really expand myself so that I can be the best me for everyone else. I'm working on me so that I can be there for you, so that I can be there for my wife and my kids and my coaching clients. Um, that 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 sort of deep work is scary and who knows what happened to michael chang like he might be a farmer in you know northern california living the good life happy multimillionaire from all the six pack abs videos that he did on youtube um but if that was his path and if and if he understood something about himself after that experience good on him mm-hmm good for him because we should all be seeking to be the best that we can be. And we get wrapped up in culture and we get wrapped up in screens and we get wrapped up in the meaning that we are supposed to attach to materialism and ads. And, um, that's not all there is. There's, there's, there's way more work to do. All right, all right, all right. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Now, let's take a quick second to check out some cool biohacks from this show's sponsors. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic. And then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases in inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is 
an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. All right. Thank you so much for making the Biohacking Secret Show podcast a part of your day. We appreciate it more than words can express. Now let's get back to the episode. Absolutely. And it's it's so easy to get into this pattern of accumulating material possessions and having a, a bigger and bigger monthly nut, you know, monthly expenses that need to be covered before you even earn a dollar of profit. If you look at like your income and expenses as a business and, and that same thing where when we really evaluate it, a lot of the things that you know, our mortgage and our car payments and our credit card payments, very few of these things truly bring us happiness, yet they keep us trapped. And they allow us to go to these easy excuses of, well, I can't do that right now because I've got this and this and this. And, you know, recently, one of the things that has had a huge impact on just creating more freedom in my life was looking at overhead as death. And like, unless I really need it, unless it's like a non-negotiable for the business, if it's a monthly recurring expense, I want to get it, I want to get rid of it or I want to get it down to like next to nothing. Not because I want to go live in a van down by the river or anything else, but because I want to make a decision to choose the places that I spend my money based on what truly brings me joy and not like, okay, yeah, this house is nice, but one that's a mile that way and right on the beach is even nicer. Well, yeah, that one's going to cost you 15 grand a month, you know, and, and you're going to have to work for X amount of time just to, to break even on that. And, um, all, all of this is, is just aligning with our truth and what brings us joy and peace and contentment in this short life experience that we have. And, and a lot of it, is not the things that we're spending our money on consistently. Yeah, we have to simplify. Uh, be, if for no other reason, just to keep up with the complexity of our lives, as we get older and as we make more money and have more resources and have more responsibilities, homes, pets, relationships, children, cars, we have to constantly check in with what's important to us. What do we really want? Do we want a bigger car payment or do we want to take a trip? Mm -hmm. Do we want, uh, do we want nice stuff or do we want loving relationships? And you can have both. I'm not saying that you have to choose. You can have both, but you have to be at least aware of what you're doing. And you know, in, in, in my coaching practice, I work with, I just, you know, as in, in Seattle and I work with people all over the world, but the people that I work with in Seattle that work in tech, specifically in Microsoft and Amazon, they, they've, they've worked their butt off for years. They, they've hustled and grinded and, and now they're making ridiculous money and they're working their asses off and then they turn 40 and then they think, oh, fuck what am I doing? 
there's, I, I lack, I lack drive. I lack meaning. I lack purpose. Uh, my relationships are shitty. Like I don't, I don't, I find myself here, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I want. I don't know what's important to me. And then they lose their, and they lose their juice. And it's because they, they it got, they got over their, out over their skis a little bit. They got over committed, over leveraged when they should have taken a look at the things and the values, like what is really important to them. Um, they got caught up in the rat race and a decade went by and now they don't like themselves. And so to your point, it's, I think it's important that we, that we do that work like really regularly to figure out what it is that we want. Like you, you, when you're purpose driven, like for you, like your audience, the work that you put out, the posts that you do are, are inspiring and uplifting. You're educating people. Thank you're you. giving, you're giving them, you're giving them insights to where they can live their best possible life. And, and to make money doing that is phenomenal. And also as you continue to drive forward with purpose and meaning and trying to help people, it will come back to you. And at the same time, you need to take a trip down to the jungle every once in a while to reassess what you're after. What is this all for? Why is this important? What, what do I know? What do I want to know about myself? And I've got a lot of ideas on, on how to do that. And it doesn't, they don't all involve psychedelics if, you know, if, if that's not your thing. Yeah. So what, what are some of those tools? I mean, you've, you, you own, you currently own float centers. I founded float centers. I actually, to this same point, um, I sold them to simplify my life. Um, I sold, I sold two float centers here in Seattle, uh, the West coast's highest rated and most popular float centers, um, um, here in Seattle and Bellevue. And I, got to a point where I needed the next challenge. I wanted, I was more intentional about the next steps in my life. I, you know, I had employees and payroll and uh, personal guarantees on leases, you know, brick and mortar businesses are no fucking joke, man. There's a lot on the line. And if something goes wrong, it's, it's that ass you got to figure out um, how to manage all that shit. And so what I did was um, I took a hard look at my life and I, th- sort of assessed where I wanted to go and what was important to me. And, uh, as much as I loved floating, as much as I loved running those businesses, I thought, you know what, it's time for me to move to the next thing. So I, I recently, um, about 10 months ago, I sold my float centers to my general manager and one of our customers that really, really had the same passion that I have. But that, that, that is an excellent example of, an accessible tool, a practice that you can do that you can learn more about yourself. Because just like meditation, it forces you to go inward to deal with that shit. You can't run away from it. You can't scroll through Instagram to distract yourself from the problems in your life. Um, When you go into a flotation tank for an hour and you can't run away and you can't distract yourself. You have to focus on what? The present. There's nothing else. You have to, you have to confront the stuff. Like, why do you not want to be alone? Are you scared of the dark? Are you scared of the water? Um, are you worried about where your mind will go in silent anti-gravity for an hour? Like that leads you to a place where you have to make 
you have to do some introspection and make some determinations in your life. Um, and we can, we can talk all about, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of your listeners are, are aware of what float therapy flotation tanks are. So I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily want to talk about the technical aspects of it or, or, or what do you think? You think people would be interested in that? Yeah. I'm interested in the ways that you've found it to be most efficacious in inducing or activating altered states of consciousness and maybe some of the work of, of John Lilly and Aldous Huxley and those guys who helped pave the way, the, the way for us, how did they use it? How did they stack uh, tools to amplify the, the effectiveness of, of float therapy practice? And I guess let's start before we go there, let's take one step back and explain if someone's never heard of, of sensory deprivation tanks or float tanks, let's explain what that is. And then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So flotation tanks are 10 inches of Epsom salt water with a thousand pounds of Epsom salt in a contained float tank, float pod, float room, um, sensory deprivation tank, isolation tanks, um, float pods it's all the same same thing um it was created by john Lilly in the late 50s as part of a naval experiment to figure out how to reacclimate divers um, from coming up from depths um the old the old theory used to be that if you didn't have any external external input like if you couldn't see or smell or hear or feel because you're floating in this contained float tank that's specifically designed to help you forget about your body. Um, they used to think that you would just fall asleep. So if you had no sensory input in the dark, floating in the water where the temperature is perfect and your, um, your senses are, are restricted, um, they used to think that you would just fall asleep and the opposite happens when you do not have sensory input floating in a float tank, your parasympathetic system kicks on. So that's your rest, digest, recovery, blood flow, um, um, literally your digestion. And so these, these non-voluntary biological systems, which is the parasympathetic system, um, kick on. So you actually digest your food a little bit better and your blood flows more easily. Um, it's a, it's a vasodilator. So your blood flows more freely. And so John Lilly was fucking out there, way out there, um, way ahead of his time. And he was like talking to dolphins. Um, like he, he was the first guy he's mostly known for float tanks and dolphins. He ran experiments talking to dolphins and was able to translate the the way that they spoke and and the way they communicate spoke <laughs> the way that <laughs> their uh, their their communication um and so you know he wrote books like um programming and metaprogramming the human biocomputer um the uh the eye of the hurricane um really heady um cosmonaut consciousness exploration stuff and what so he would do perception as well do, doors of perception was aldous huxley okay. um and those those two were cohorts to a certain extent huxley was before john Lilly, but uh it was all part of the sort of consciousness renaissance um through the 60s and 70s you know john Lilly was friends with timothy leary and terence mckenna 
uh, a real pioneer in in psychedelics and consciousness. And he would experiment with mega doses of LSD, and then he would float. Sometimes for like 24 hours at a time, he would actually find a way. I think he hooked up a catheter so that he could just stay in the tank and and not move. Um, he would also do intravenous ketamine um, doses. And, and frankly, it kind of got away from him. Um, in his later years, he was preferring a ketamine-induced trance state in a float tank to normal waking everyday life. Um, and kind of went off the deep end a little bit, got, got a little carried away. Um, but that eventually the work like that he one was, of the, one of the precogs in minority report. It's exactly, it's exactly what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stranger things where they fill up the, the pool and she lays down. Yeah. The precogs there's references, um, in the Simpsons, um, uh, there's another show, there's like a crime show, um, that uses that has referenced float tanks too. And, um, the fact that you cannot feel, taste, hear, um, or feel anything, and you're totally an anti-gravity in this flotation tank, what happens is, is that there, a, a larger occurrence of the theta brainwave state, um, happen and what the theta brainwave state is a meditative state of consciousness where as you're floating you're not sure where your body ends or the water begins you're not sure how much time has been in there you don't know if you've been in there for 10 minutes or 10 hours um it's really disorienting and it feels amazing because you get into this medit meditative state um, there's a million other benefits, you know, the magnesium that you absorb through your skin is bioavailable and your body uses it immediately. It's magnesium sulfate. Um, it releases, uh, tension in your joints. It, it lubricates the synovial fluid in your joints. Um, right now there's current research being done at the Laureate Institute of Brain Research in Tulsa, Oklahoma with a guy named Dr. Justin Feinstein. And it's really a lot about anxiety and depression. They're finding that this is a, a huge, huge tool for treating anxiety and depression. They're also using it with veteran populations, um, dealing with PTSD, combining flotation therapy with uh, you know gestalt talk therapy so that you can have a little bit of rest and get away from all the noise of the world and then kind of talk about what's come up. And, and, and we've, we've seen 30,000, I say we, because I'm still, you know, pretty tightly associated with the float centers and I float still two or three times a week. Um, 30, there's been 30,000 people through the doors that have had this experience and it's a safe, reliable way to get into an altered state of consciousness to see what, who you really are, to really know thyself, which is, I think, at the heart of biohacking, at the heart of consciousness exploration is like, well, how am I? How do I feel? What are my stress triggers? Um, how does my body feel? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? How do I want to be my best? And floating has been just a, a, a huge, huge tool for me. And I've seen it, um, I've seen it, help NFL athletes recover in half the time. Um, I've seen people dealing with, you know, really serious, heavy trauma from their childhood. 
I've seen them sort of turn a corner after starting a flotation practice because they can actually like relax and let their body recover. Um, there's, there's no end to it. And then, and then, and then occasionally um, I'll take some psilocybin and float. Occasionally I'll take some LSD and float to, to take it further, to further explore the deeper parts of my consciousness and to really stay again, stay in line with what I want to be in this world and what's important to me. And, um, an hour in a float tank is just about the, the, the fastest route to that assessment of the self. Yeah. I was going to ask about, cause I've done, I, I did at least eight of the intravenous ketamine sessions last year. And I found most of them very beneficial, especially at the lower doses. The higher doses, I found myself periodically going down a drain and it, <laughs> into a place where it was kind of dark and, and didn't feel as beneficial. But at the lower dosages, I would ascend to like this higher plane where I was at, at, at a place with a lot of the people that I cared about most in my life. And it felt like we were all there and we were hugging and, you know, uh, I was letting them know that how much I appreciated them and how much I loved them and, and, and the things that they'd done to help me grow as a person and, and, and encourage me to like push myself forward in, in many areas of my life, things that I in person may have historically not had the easiest time saying, even though I felt them and, and it felt beneficial to go there and to express those things. And I even noticed after some of those sessions, my relationships with some of the individuals in, in those, during those ketamine sessions, I noticed my real life relationships improving. Yeah. with them. Like there was, like there was something happening on the quantum level that was being impacted just by me mentally going there and spending some time expressing love and gratitude and appreciation for them. Even if we weren't face to face verbally exchanging those, uh, those energetic frequencies through words. My concern is that the logistics of like, how would someone do ketamine and get into water risk of drowning? Um, it seems a bit dicey, at least, at least for me, knowing what was involved for me to do a ketamine IV in a controlled setting with a physician's assistant or a doctor. It's like, it doesn't seem like something that would be, uh, feasible to really do on your own or necessarily safe. It sounds like you use psilocybin and LSD most commonly to amplify the benefits of flotation therapy? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do anything legal. <laughs> uh, right. Like this is disclaimer purposes only don't do anything illegal. What is illegal depends on where in the world you are listening to this podcast, but we're not encouraging the use of drugs or anything that could get you in trouble. So do your right. own research, make your own decisions, be safe. Don't do illegal stuff. Right. It, 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 the intravenous ketamine in a float tank is not an option for people. Uh, it's just flat out. It's not, um, you know, if you're interested in, in the research, contact the Laureate Institute of Brain Research in Oklahoma. If you're interested in engaging, they're, they're doing it right. You know, they're, they're doing EEGs, they're hooking up, um, um, you know, electrodes to, 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 to really track biomarkers and um, neurotransmitters in your body. And so if you're interested in that, go do that. Um, I have never, 
I've never done ketamine in my life. I, I don't know what it's like. Um, but the more accessible practice, I think for people, because now there's, there's, there's lots of float centers around. Um, you can go to um, flotation locations to find a float center near you. And what I would suggest is baby steps. Um, step one, um, float fasted. You know, the, some of the same experiences consciously uh, that you get from some of these altered states also can be accessed through fasting. And I'm a huge fan and a huge advocate of, of fasting. And if you've exercised, fasted, and then go directly from a hard workout in a fasted state into a float tank, you're going to have an interesting experience. You are going to, um, you're going to experience yourself in a brand new way, guaranteed. And, 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 and it can, and it's really accessible. Another way is to take, um, edible cannabis. That's another really good, good way to have a safe and contained and reliable experience. I would suggest eating that dose of edible cannabis, you know, 45 minutes before you pop into the float tank. Um, you know, when it comes to psychedelics and in the flow tank, you have to be, you have to know yourself before you jump in there. You have to know what your levels and what your doses are. You have to know exactly how you respond to these substances because if you've never done acid and you've never floated, you're, it's, you're going to freak out. I mean, you're going to freak out if you try to do those together at the same time. You are um, freaking out. <laughs> you're freaking out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's serious. It's serious stuff. And, um, and I, and I, I think that there's, there's easier, some of my best, the best floats I've ever had have been fasted, um, after exercise, like Saturday, 10 a.m., fasting for 24 hours, a really hard workout, and then straight into the float tank. I mean, I've had out-of-body experiences. Um, that was actually a part of a part of my practice, and my float practice was astral projection. I did it for a long time with some success and some recall. We could talk about that if you wanted, but... Um, what is astral I, projection for the people that aren't familiar? Yeah. Um, we're... The astral projection is is literally projecting your consciousness out of your body and having an experience where your body is either sleeping, most of the time sleeping, or meditating, and in some cases floating, but your consciousness is projected out. Um, you can look at the work of um, Tesla talked about astral projection, uh, Edgar Cayce, C-A-Y-C-E, um, and what it is, is it is your psychosoma. It is your, your non-physical consciousness literally projecting out of your body and having an experience in the astral plane, um, which you can actually see what's going on in real life. My first flotation experience, I, I, I floated at a guy's house uh, that I found on Craigslist because it was the only float tank in the city. I floated in his yeah, perfectly fine, perfectly normal. <laughs> and, I've, and I've told the story before, but, but I hit him up and I was like, Hey, you're the only, you're the only floating I can find in, in the city. And he's like, yeah, come on over. And I'm like, mm, okay. So I left on my lunch break. 
um, from my sales job and went to this guy's house. He's a yoga instructor, a massage therapist. And he's like, yeah, come on in. I'm like, mm, okay. He's like, come downstairs. Like, mm, okay. I was bigger than him. And then, um, so I knew I could take him. Like if, if we needed to fight, <laughs> if he's going to try to like, there's no way I'd be able to relax during a float session, like walking into some strange dude's house who's probably like putting on lipstick and, you know, dancing around to whatever <laughs> time. culture club. <laughs> <laughs> time to get in the tank, Sean. Yeah. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else <laughs> it gets the hose again. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. your float. Yeah, I, I was so committed to it. Um, and this is a, around the time where I was reading a lot of John Lilly. I was meditating really consistently um, and deepening my, my, my meditation experience. I floated. I, I went to the house. He's like, yeah, that seems like a cool guy. And I was like, you know, you're not going to kill me, are you? He's like, he's like, I get that all the time. Nope. <laughs> uh, take off all your clothes. So I, <laughs> so I did. Uh, he's like, go shower down the hall there in my kid's bathroom down there and then come back and we'll set you up. And so buck naked, walking down the hall, showered, came back. I'm like, fuck it. I'm already this far. Like it is what it is. <laughs> Seems normal. And in my first float in his house, Brian's house, I projected out of my body um, involuntarily. I wasn't trying to. This was the second time this, that this had happened in my life. The first time I had an, an OBE, an out-of-body experience, was non-voluntary in a meditation session where I popped out of my body and saw myself sitting there in, in, in the meditation posture, zipped up through the roof and out and about and cruised around the town. Um, this time, floating in his tank, I had another experience where I popped out of body, saw myself in the float tank, went into the back, his backyard and saw in detail his backyard, you know, could see the, the track around the perimeter of the yard where his dog ran around. I came back inside. Um, and saw his kid's room and there was, you know, you'd seen his backyard before you went into the float tank. I had not, you had not. So you essentially left your body and saw something that you confirmed was there, this track where his dog had ran, but it was the first time you were seeing it from the float tank. Yes. Get the fuck out of here. So I pop from the backyard into his kid's bedroom and then, and then I hear, you know, Sean, you're all done. Get like, out of my kid's oh, bedroom. <laughs> fuck. It's like, I felt, I wasn't sure if I'd been there for 10 minutes or 10 hours again. Like it felt really short and I was like, no way am I done? Like that, that really felt like 10 minutes and I popped out and I was like, okay. And because I had the context of meditation and experience in psychedelics, I knew not to freak out because if you, if you wow out in the middle of, of an experience like that, you'll snap out of it. So I knew to just keep breathing, not judge my experience, but just sort of take it in. And so I got out and I showered and he's like, yeah, he's like, you can sit, hang out for a second, kind of gather yourself and then come upstairs when you're ready and we'll have a cup of tea and we can talk about it. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, okay, I have to go see if what I saw was what I saw. So I walked back down the hall, walked into his kid's bedroom and sure as shit, the TV, the video games, the candy fucking wrappers on, on the floor. I just saw that. I peeked through the window in the kid's room, saw into the backyard, saw exactly what I had just seen in an out of body experience. and was like, 
<sighs> okay. All right. So that's a real shatter your reality. Yeah, that's a real thing. I'm not this physical body. You know, that was a further reinforcement that we are not our physical bodies. You know, fast forward four years, and that's when I quit my job to open a float center. Um, but it's all part of that journey toward like asking deep questions and and being open to having big experiences. You know, the float the float tank practice for most people is going to be about stress relief and pain relief, some meditation, a sleep aid. Sleeping um, better, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's massively powerful for for many, many, many people. And also a really safe way to start to explore your consciousness, to ask yourself questions about your reality and who you are and what you want out of your life. Because I think that we've got to keep that really dialed in. Mm -hmm. And this stuff is not for everyone. Like not, not everyone is interested in exploring the, the, the depths of their consciousness and the, the full potential of, of what they can do with, with their mind and their body and their spirit. And like, and that's okay. Yeah. The people that are, that want to, that, that want to explore these boundaries and push them and, and, um, there are tools like this that could be something worth keeping in, in your toolkit. Let's take a quick look at uh, some awesome biohacks from this show sponsors, and then we'll come back with a little bit more of, of the things that you've recommended to your clients for expanding their, some of the things that you've recommended most often and uh, some rapid fire rounds. We'll be right back. All right, all right, all right. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Now let's take a quick second to check out some cool biohacks from this show's sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Bioptimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production. The second is low enzyme production. And the third is gut dis dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash B I O H A C K S to check out the exclusive biohacking secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. All right. Thank you so much for making the biohacking secret show podcast a part of your day. We appreciate it more than words can express. Now let's get back to the episode. And we're back with Sean McCormick talking about exploring altered states of consciousness, fasted float tank sessions, astral projection, psychedelics. <laughs> Sean, um, out of all the tools that we've discussed from dance and ecstatic dance to meditation, breath work, psychedelics, float tanks, what are the protocols that you find yourself recommending to your clients most frequently? One of the, one of the things that I like to start people off with, I mean, meditation 
is is it is a panacea. It does help everyone. Um, it is it is it is as effective as anything else in my life and in the, the lives of my clients to affect positive change flat out. You know, um, not everybody has a. I'm, I'm curious about this. Next. I'm sorry to interrupt. I want you to. I want you to. Yeah. Continue. I've been wanting to ask somebody this for like a year now. I've been meditating for at least five years and I've done headspace, my own meditation, following the breath, muse, which I have right here, a, a number of brain FM, Omvana, all this stuff. Um, and I've always felt drawn to TM, but at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, do I need to invest a thousand or a couple thousand bucks to get a mantra and or is a lot of the benefits you think just logging 20 minutes twice a day, like for someone who's already meditating and using some of these tools, does TM offer something that justifies the investment? Or is it more a matter of like, if you log 20 minutes twice a day, using some of those tools that you mentioned, you'll get most, if not all of the benefits of TM. You're going to get most, if not all the benefits of TM, if you're meditating twice a day for 20 minutes, for sure. sure. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't mean to cut you off. I've just been wondering, I'm like, do I sign up or is it a little bit redundant at this point and not a high ROI place to, to invest my doll, my doll hairs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want a mantra, I'll give you one right now and you can save the money and you can just, mantra. okay. Okay. You ready? Yep. Shrim. S H I R I M. Shrim. Shrim. If you don't like that one, you can use Sharam. You can use Shari. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a sound. But those are common mantras used in TM and other modalities um, combined with other techniques. Placement of the eyes behind closed eyelids, postures, body scanning. You know, you, you're going... For me... I bailed on TM because I would leave my meditation sessions feeling depleted. Uh, it didn't, it, it didn't jive with me over time, you know, started at 12 fucking hated it, uh, trudged through it, got a little bit better, still hated it, but still did it from time to time, kind of through my teens. And then, you know, in high school and college, uh, TM was my reference and I would do that, but I was finding myself, feeling tired after my, not just calm, not just present, but like, ugh, like a little bit drained. And that's why I switched to exploring more mindfulness practices. Um, you know, conscious awareness, that sort of thing. You know, when you tinker around and it's as you, as you should with different tech and guided meditations now, I, I can't listen to anybody guide me through a meditation. I can't listen to the seagulls or the waves crashing. I can't, I just can't fuck with it. Um, I have to do my own thing. Um, and now I've gotten so good at getting in, getting myself into a meditative state, um, that I get in pretty quickly and stay there. But meditation is, is bar none, the most effective tool for people. And for people who want what? For people who want to get better at anything. If, if you, if you're stressed, you should meditate. If you're busy, you should meditate. If you're overweight, you should meditate. If you're fighting with your wife, uh-huh. 
um, if you're angry at your boss and discontented with your, with your, with your profession, definitely see what happens is, and I'm, I'm, I'm working now with a meditation teacher, um, with, uh, he's got a really unique approach. His name's, uh, James Brown. It's called Vedic path meditation. I had him on the podcast a while ago on the optimal performance podcast. And his, his approach is very, uh, accessible. Um, I've been learning his technique as a way to, uh, sort of expand my repertoire. And what he was telling me was when meditation will make you better, it will make you, it will, it will, allow you to make fewer errors. You will fuck up less if you meditate. It's because you're present. It's because you can see the different angles at things. You're not just reacting. You know, you get a little break um, in, from stimuli to response. It, it, you get this minute, this, uh, a little short period of time where you get to choose what you want to say and reply, right? That's the beauty of meditation. What happens is for, the, for James, who is teaching meditation to these corporations is that when people start meditating, they start doing exactly what we've been talking about and their reality starts to crumble a little bit and their job is a little less important. And so is their car. James is putting himself out of a job, getting all these people to wake up. (laughs) It's kind of true. I mean, 20% of our staff quit since you started teaching meditation, James, we're a little concerned about this trajectory, right? Right. Which is why he, uh, why he and I are talking because what he wants to do is start to, um, include, uh, life coaching as an, as an addition to the meditation service, because I know what that's like to get to that point where you're like, fuck it, I'm done with this job. I'm, I'm over it. Well, maybe, or you can have all of it. You can balance your life in a way where you can keep your job. If you want it, you actually might need to quit, but when people meditate regularly, they, their, their values shift a little bit. They, they, their, their opinions change and that's okay. But how do you rectify that? How do you balance this with your life, et cetera? Uh, it can be a challenge, but I, I suggest to all of my clients from the get go, like you have to start meditating and a headspace is just the easiest, most accessible way for most people to start. So I tell them, start, start using headspace. Then I'll do custom meditations for them. I'll walk them through. Um, I'll, I'll do a 20 minute visualization with them. And I've got, I mean, dozens and dozens of visualization practices from chakra activation to, um, you know, transcending the self. Um, that is a, that is a, a, a key place to start. And even better than that, because most of us have kind of shitty habits with, substances or alcohol or fear or anger. Um, I also suggest people do what's called, I just call it the mystic Mac moon fast. Mystic Mac is one of my other podcasts. That's all about the weird shit we've been talking about. So Connor McGregor's nickname from when he was like naming the round and how he was going to finish fights. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So my last name is McCormick and my friends call me Mac and I've been into mysticism for a while. And, um, yeah. So the, the, the moon fast is to take a full moon cycle, um, from, um, new moon to full moon and cutting out all substances. This is almost like a dieta preparing for an ayahuasca ceremony, like no pork, no garlic, no sex, no drugs, no rock and roll. 
um, limit, like drastically limiting screen time just to like reassess or Metallica, (laughs) no tool, no Metallica, no masturbation, like really no fun for a full moon cycle to just like purge to cleanse a long month, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. I I can imagine. And it's, and it's necessary to recalibrate our relationships with these substances. I think it's important to have that perspective and you know, you know what it was like to cut all that shit out before, you know, heading down to the jungle. It's not, I mean, did you do what two weeks probably? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I was hanging out with my brother beforehand and I'd be like drinking a kombucha and he'd look at me and he's like, you know, you're not supposed to be drinking that. I'm like, kombucha. I can't have kombucha. And he's yeah. like, it's on the list, dude. He's like, did you even look at the list? I'm like, no, I just assumed it was like bad shit. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. there's a, there's a ton of stuff that you can't have if you really want to get the most out of the experience. Yeah. Drastically limiting your salt intake. I mean, it's, for, it's a fermented beverage and ferment fermented, fermented anything is a no, no. Yeah. So I, I, I kick people off with this, with this, with this moon fast. Um, in conjunction with meditation, you really see where you're at at the end of that. And, and there's, you know, there's spiritual and esoteric meaning between for, uh, for that moon cycle. You know, there's a reason why Ramadan is a full moon cycle. There's a reason why, you know, it's conjunction with, with a, with a woman's moon cycle and men have moon cycles as well. It's, it's, you might as well capitalize on the celestial movements of the, of, of the moon. You might as well tap into what's going on in the moon and the stars to use that as a way to recalibrate what's going on for you. So at the end of that month, if you've been a good boy and not beat off and not smoked weed and drank beer and whatever, doing those, doing those protocols and started meditating at the end of the month, you're going to be a different person than you were going into it. And from there, from that point, once you've really stripped things down, then we can start talking about um, your mental frameworks. Then we can start talking about how you have imposter syndrome or how your relationships are suffering. Um, then we get into the nitty gritties of, of a real practice, but yeah, meditation I think is, 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 step number one for helping people get better and make improvements in their life. I love it. So meditation, we talked about utilizing float tanks for people that are already utilizing psychedelics or feel called to that. That's an option, not something that we're, we're suggesting anyone do. Um, and then moon fasts. So these are, these are some great tools and using like you recommended to enhance the effects of the float tank, for example, doing a a 24 hour fast, doing a fasted workout, particularly one that's intense and then getting in, you know, for, for amplifying the benefits. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to ingest any substances. These are things that you can do with your own body by actually doing the opposite and, um, and, and avoiding some of the things that can interfere with our ability to connect to our higher states of consciousness. Um, awesome, man. Rapid fire round. You ready? Ready. What movie or podcast has changed your life? It's corny, but uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. I mean, it's great. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, Good one. What would like when I have, when I have a little bit extra time, I love pulling up like the Joe Rogan clips and getting little nuggets from, from his stuff. He's, he's the OG and still the best. Yeah. What was the last book you read and loved? Oh, uh, 
um, I just finished rereading <laughs> um, The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth, which, yeah. Never heard of it. What's, what's the uh, elevator? This is, this is, this is esoteric symbolism in everyday life. This is why Wednesday is called Wednesday. This is why the chakras chakras are the colors that they are. This is the role that Krishna and Jesus and Buddha and Zoroastrianism, this is esoteric wisdom to the max um, written in a really, really digestible form. And at the heart of the message, it is that everything is consciousness first. Everything is consciousness first. I'm sold. I'm picking it up. Yes. What one product besides your phone or your computer can't you live without? I've been, and this is relevant for people. Are you familiar with the X3 bar? Have you tried that thing yet? I'm familiar with it. I tried it for like five minutes at my buddy, Mike Geary's place. I've thought about getting one or or reaching out to the dude that made it. um, Yeah. It's, it's friggin' awesome. Yeah. It, I, I really actually, I follow the pro- protocol so closely that I have not done any other exercise, like almost zero. I mean, I go for walks and go on hikes and shit like that, but I'm not doing any of the kettle, kettlebell stuff that I've done. I've been doing it for about, oh shit, eight, 10 months, 10 minutes a day. And I'm stronger and look better naked than I have ever. And I mean, I was a college athlete. And I look better now and I'm stronger now than I ever have been just doing this shit 10 minutes a day. It's fucking crazy. Damn, that's dope. All right, I got to check that out. It's kind of been on on my list, but on the back burner. Um, and for people that aren't familiar with the X3 bar, like what's the the quick one or two sentence explanation? It's a bar that is attached to a proprietary, like really super heavy duty latex band. It's band work. Like you would see in the gym with a platform underneath and it's four exercises that take 10 minutes and you alternate those every other day. And it increases endogenous growth hormone, um, bigger, faster, stronger in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of work possible. And it's fucking legit. Dope. Uncheck it out. What's your favorite supplement? My favorite supplement of all time is Siltep. Um, and the natural stacks nootropic for memory and mental stamina and speed of thought. It's I I've done, I've done all the nootropics and Siltep is, is still by far my favorite. Nice. Where can Kumba's having some dreams over here? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, where, where can people go? If they, well, we'll link to Siltep like in the, in the show notes or something, unless you got a link off the top of your head where they should go to get it. You can just go to naturalstacks.com. Cool. Um, what have you eaten? If anything today, I have not eaten anything today. It's 1030 and I've had uh, two cups of black coffee and I'm more, I'm, I'm experimenting with, uh, uh, um, True Nigen. Yep. So I just started taking that. Um, that, That's nicotinamide riboside? Yep. Oh, dude. Check out the episode we did with Mercola. Make some suppositories. I'm very interested in that. You and I talked about that when you were on on my podcast, and the suppository thing is definitely something that I want to check out. It's great. I did. Yeah. 
I did a thousand milligrams of NAD uh, intravenously yesterday, and then four of the and four of the Thorn Niacel suppositories from that Mercola podcast. Yeah. Um, do you have any nicknames? <laughs> yeah, Shawnee Mac. Um, yeah, Mystic Mac. Nice. What's your theme song? Karma, 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 chameleon. Got brought up twice. Yes. Is is that really your theme song, or is it because we were talking about it earlier? No, it was because we were talking about it earlier. Okay, Um, I was like, man, that would weird me out. (laughs) Um, I was like, I haven't, I've never astral projected, but that was about as close as I've ever come. Um, What makes you cry? Um, when my kids get sick and they go to bed and I can, I can actually have a moment. Yeah. What's the most embarrassing moment in your life? That was, I've got it. I'm not sure if I want to share it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus. So, um, I was doing a speech. I was a ASB president, student body president in high school. Um, Oh, this is, this is bad. Uh, it was, it was super insensitive. I've come a long way and it wasn't a word that is, that was as demonized as it was back then. Uh, I was making a fool of myself in front of the whole high school. Um, and, uh, I made some joke that no, that nobody laughed at and I was trying to recover. And I think I, I said something like, Oh man, I feel like such a retard right now. And I look over and I make eye contact instantly with like my best friend. And he goes, what? (laughs) He makes the what face, like the angry what face. Like, what are you doing? And I look (laughs) over at the, uh, the, the, the ASL interpreter or the, um, the American, the sign language interpreter and she's interpreting. And then she pauses and I realized like she didn't, want to or didn't have a word for that and i froze i mean i froze for a good 10 seconds because i felt terrible my buddy i made out contact with my buddy and and everybody was like just get on with it and i just i I froze that was (laughs) it probably felt like an hour it did it was terrible it was terrible well i mean we've all done stuff like that uh last question before you share where people can keep up with things you're working on and and learn more about you what celebrity do people tell you that you resemble the most your your doppeldangler or whatever that word is doppelganger doppeldangler (laughs) i just make up the word every time every time i say it i make up a new rendition of what i think it is your doppelhausen yeah doppeldoobie your doppeldagger (laughs) Uh, I've heard Samsonite. I was way off. Simmons, Swamins, Simmons, Simmons. <laughs> uh, a while ago, I was told Rob Thomas. Okay. All right. From, that, just, from that, Matchbox 20. Yeah. yeah. Matchbox uh, 20 guy himself. I swear to God. Yeah. Nice. Um, beautiful. Sean, this has been awesome, man. Where can people, uh, learn more about you? Things that you offer, stay up to date with, with cool stuff you're putting out. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you can find all of my coaching offerings and protocols on seanmccormick.com, S-E-A-N, McCormick, sound it out, dot com. Um, the podcast is called the Optimal Performance Podcast, which um, 
I think people will dig because it's aligned so closely with yours. You know, we've had a lot of the same guests. We, we tackle a lot of the same things head on. Um, you can also listen to the Mystic Mac podcast, which is my other, you know, it, people can't help but go weird with me in podcasts because I'm a weird guy and, and I speak so openly. So if you like talking about psychedelics and astral projection, listen to the Mystic Mac, Mystic Mac podcast. And uh, on Instagram, it's real Sean McCormick, real Sean McCormick on Instagram. Beautiful. And Sean, um, one more time that URL for your, your coaching, is it, it's S E A N M C C O R M I C K.com. You got it. And you link to the podcast there, the optimal performance podcast, which is great. And the mystic Mac podcast and all that. I do. Yep. Beautiful. My friend, thank you for hanging out. Appreciate you. This has been a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one -on -one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one -on -one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 